We're going to invite you to Wiregrass High School Football Report brought to you by the radio people. This is your weekly look at all things high school football in the Wiregrass. I'm your host, Philip Jordan, the in-studio host and producer for Nothing Woods Football on I-6.9. The Legend. Got a fun show planned for you guys this week. I'm going to be joined by Slocum head coach Richard Tisdale. He's going to go over their win this past Friday night over Op 38-27. to and also preview this week's big matchup with Wicksburg, another uh, big game in 3A Region 2. So you guys, I think, are going to really enjoy my conversation with Coach Tisdale. Before we do all that, though, I'll let you guys hear about one of the great podcasts we have here at Radio People. The Haunting of the Wiregrass is back with Season 2. Bethany, you can listen to every weekday from 10 to 2 at 16.7 KMX. She interviews a guest in the Wiregrass area each week who have felt the presence of spirits. Halloween is upon us, which means it's time for scary ghost stories. But this time, it is ghost stories in the Wiregrass area. Her latest episode, Bethany interviewed Kimberly Ward, who is a listener here in the Wiregrass and has experienced the supernatural at her house. There's a new episode out every Friday. You can listen to Haunting of the Wiregrass at WKMX.com or download it for free at the Google Play Store or Apple Podcasts. Now, back to the Wiregrass High School Football Report. Everybody joining me this week on the Wiregrass High School Football Report is Coach Richard Tisdale, head coach of the Slocum Red Tops, who had a come from behind, a good win on a Friday night against Op, uh, 38-27. Uh, coach Tisdale, I do appreciate you coming on the show once again, and uh, congratulations for on the victory on Friday night. I appreciate it, Philip, and thank you for uh, we talked about earlier, just covering high school sports and uh, and caring about what these kids are doing. So it's a really special deal, and, and couldn't do it without you guys covering us and promoting us, so we appreciate it. Oh, yeah, I'm always happy to do it, and it's, it's a lot of fun uh, talking, like I told you off air, talking to all the coaches in the area and just uh, kind of you know, keep an eye on what's going on every Friday night. Of course, I'm in the studio during Dothan Wolves games, but I also do the scoreboard update during halftime and post game. So, yeah, I'm trying to keep my the pulse of everything going on in high school football here in the Wiregrass, and you know, this is your second time on the show this year. So I do appreciate – I always appreciate you taking the time and, of course, the win on Friday night, beating Op, a really good team in Op. And uh, continue, you guys, uh, your winning streak, winning now seven games in a row. Just overall win the game, uh, what what was the biggest thing for you guys to come out victorious? Well, the, really the biggest is our kids just not quitting when things were hard early. Um, Brody Campbell is a corner for us, and he's been out a few weeks injured his first game back, and, uh, and they went right at him. And they were able to score a couple of quick touchdowns. And uh, just to see Brody rebound later and get a big interception and make some other special teams plays for us, I think just summed up our team's mentality. You know, bad things happen. We talked about weather and the storm, and they did that. And so it was really cool to see our guys get, get put down 15 to nothing and just not quit and, and come back and only give up, I guess, 13 more points the rest of the game after the first quarter against that high-powered offense. There's a lot about our kids and their resiliency. When you guys, when y'all got down 15-0 there in the first quarter, uh, what exactly was it? op was doing i guess offensively during that time we're really doing what we knew they were going to do just throw the ball deep uh we just didn't quite make the plays we needed to make um we didn't make a whole lot of adjustments on defense just one or two small things but we just started executing a little bit better um trying to get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback we knew if we could get pressure on him we had a chance but if he sat back there mac is really really good and, and he's going to hit his spots um so maybe trying to dial up a little bit more pressure here and there but but really just executing the game plan and and they bounce back. And, you know, always, as you know, the same kids for us, we're a little bit smaller school, go out there for offense too. So when you go three and out on offense and they score on defense, it kind of wears on you mentally. So I think moving the ball offensively and putting some points on the board always kind of energizes your team a little bit. 
Yeah, well, their quarterback, Hal Smith Hart, and, and this is a guy, like I said, uh, looking at the score here, but he's a guy, he put up big numbers in for off. Obviously, they're a passing team, and you kind of mentioned a little bit, but I want to see if I can get you, you know, expound a little bit more on it. Just when you go up against a team like that, in any team, and I know it's, it's this way with any quarterback, but how important is it kind of to knock that quarterback a little off his rhythm, off his timing, to kind of, you know, maybe force mistakes? I know you guys uh, intercepted him five times on the game. Yeah, we do. And, you know, our game plan going in um, to really everybody is just stop the run and don't let them have the big play. And the big play looks different depending on your opponent. For them, it's the pass. And when you talk about disrupting the quarterback, sometimes that's getting pressure on him, but sometimes it's disrupting the receiver's routes, um, trying to play a little press man and, and, and jamming them at the line of scrimmage. Um, anything you can do, just throw that timing off. Because, man, if that kid can take his one, two, three and let the ball go, he, he's going to hit that receiver. He throws it before the receiver turns around. The receiver turns around, there's the ball right there on the tee for him. He catches it. So, um, yeah, trying to disrupt their routes um, with some different things we're doing in secondary and also bringing pressure, try to get him at least moving a little bit not just get comfortable back there. Um, but but that's it. And, and just, you know, let him have the stats. Uh, we're not a big stats team. As long as, as long as there's a win, that's the only stat mm-hmm. I really ever chart. Um, and so we knew we were going to give a bunch of passing yards, and we were okay with that. We just didn't want to give a bunch of passing touchdowns. And, and so our kids did a really good job of that. Yeah, and, and of course, then the second quarter and toward halftime, it was 15-14 going into the locker room. You guys got some interceptions, got some big plays there. Uh, just knowing down 15-0, then you go into halftime only down by one. What was the confidence level like? I mean, I'm sure that has to give the team a lot of confidence going into the locker room. Like, hey, we got a little bit of momentum on our side. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and walking in the locker room, you can look at your kids and kind of know what they need to hear and there was nobody hanging their head uh there was nobody um just moping around they were listening um coach harrington's our defensive coordinator does a great job he was making a few um adjustments on some things and cleaning some things up and then offensively we talked about some things that were hurting us and then special teams and, and making some adjustments there as well so the kids are really attentive ready to go um even though you know honestly they stopped us coming out second half going three and out knowing we got the ball back that feeling of the second half at halftime you're getting the balls coming out always is a good feeling um, so I think the mood in the locker room was, was upbeat, was positive, and I think they realized they could play with these guys. You know, they came out at, at the beginning and uh, shocked us a little bit, the speed they had, and they're, they're a very physical team. And we settled in and realized that we belonged there. And uh, so second half, we were looking forward to getting back out there and having a good time with it. On the defense side of the ball, and, and I was looking at numbers this year, you guys are giving up. I know you know, I know you said you're not a stat person, but kind of give the listening audience a little of an idea. On the year, giving up 19.5 points per game. Uh, in the, during the streak, I've been giving uh, 15 and a half. But just defensively on Friday night, like I said, causing the interceptions uh, with their quarterback over there at Oppo. What was it uh, you think you guys were doing defensively to kind of create that? Was it just making a big play, or was there some schematic things you guys were doing to kind of give the quarterback some issues? I think one is definitely um, we talked about getting in those guys' face and trying to get them off their routes a little bit um, where they can't time it up. I think trying to disguise our coverage a little bit is show one thing and do something else. Um, you know, show one thing pre-snap and on the snap move and do some different stuff. I think that helped a little bit, but um, getting pressure on him was probably number one. Um, if he doesn't get pressure on him, he can stand back there. And it doesn't matter what you do, he's going to hit a kid and he's going to throw a guy open. So I think number one is just getting pressure on him back there. I mean, he, he's an able runner. Uh, he can run it if he needs to, but he'll scramble to throw. And so against the pressure on him and having somebody there to hold him up once we get pressure on him, I think was probably the, the number one thing that benefited us. Yeah, I didn't know. And then looking at uh, some stuff from stats from the game on Friday night, of course, Jalen Nobles, you know, your running back, had 103 yards on the game. He had big plays in the passing game as well and also the interceptional touchdown. So he was all over the place. But uh, just uh, 
he has contributions to Friday night, you know, all over the place, just, you know, how much, you know, especially doing that on the defensive side of the ball. It was big, and I tell you, a stat that doesn't get talked about, this one stat I do know because our guy told me, and I, I didn't even realize it, we had 150 yards and interception return yardage. So, I mean, once we picked it off, we had 150 yards. So, you know, Jalen, it looked like he only had 100-something yards. He had it on 10 carries, and then he had whatever he had on passing. And so um, he, he's all over the place, and he's one you got to know where he's at. Um, a lot of people think maybe just line him up as a running back. We put him at receiver. We put him by himself. Um, we put him as a running back, a quarterback. Um, he can kind of do it all. He returned kicks for us. Had a good kick return as well. Um, interception return for a touchdown. Another big interception. So, um, just a great kid. And it's fun to see him and Rashawn Miller play off each other. They're cousins. Um, a lot of times you can see some jealousy when you have two good athletes like that back there. And to see them work off each other is great. And uh, it's just a lot of fun to see those guys back there. And these thing Friday night is just fun. You know, you mm-hmm. look at people out there on Friday night, and they just sometimes they just look miserable. And just tell the kids have fun and enjoy it and soak it all in. And our our kids do a really good job of doing that. Yeah, you talk about Rashawn Miller. Uh, he had two interceptions himself, and uh, I was reading the uh, article in the Dothan Eagle. He had two sacks as well. So uh, you know, both of them too uh, on offense, defenses. You know, really good, great performance there too. Getting like you said, you know, a couple times here getting pressure on quarterback, but him getting interceptions. And you had uh, Brody Campbell as well uh, getting some interceptions in there as well. Yeah, what does that say about a kid that gets two sacks and two picks? I just think he's kind of <laughs> athlete he is and how versatile he is. You know, how many times does that ever happen in a game, mm-hmm. man? And I don't think he knows that. You know, he's just out there playing, doing what we asked him to do. And he had a lot of disruptions and tackles besides that, too. So, um, he's just a stud as well. And, and over on offense, carrying the ball for us and had a big touchdown at a key moment for us inside the 10. Um, had a big couple of big key blocks that sprung Jalen for a run or two. And so just to see that how unselfish he is and how many things he did to make us successful, it's just fun to watch. Then, uh, you know, obviously, you know, talked about their quarterback, but uh, your performance, your quarterback, Colin Thomas, on Friday night, uh, uh, everything he did. And, of course, he had to hit the, you know, he hit the passes, of course, and one to Jalen Nobles there, just the performance he had on Friday night. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you, um, and I don't like to really brag on our kids a lot, but Colin's probably one of the most underrated kids around. Um, sometimes he's in the shadow because of the numbers um, that, that Jalen and Junior put up. Um, he had a couple real big pass plays. He had a, a big one on a sprint out, but probably the biggest play of the game was a big third and ten. We had a penalty back just up and ended up on third and ten, and we call a sprint pass for him. He sprints out, doesn't seem to open it, and turns it up and runs it and just lowers his shoulder and runs over a kid for the other team and gets a first down for us, keep the drive going. Uh, a couple plays later, he gets a 40-yard run to get us inside the ten, um, end up with a field goal in that drive, but he does so much that nobody sees. Um, he, he can pull the ball. He can read it. He can throw it. He's accurate. He runs it when we need him to. He punts for us. Um, he's on special teams. He's just a kid that really doesn't get talked about a lot. But if you if you know football and you watch the game, you see how special and how important he is for our team. And, you know, with him and the offensive linemen, I'm so proud of those guys. You know, they kind of shocked us early, got in the backfield a lot, and then those guys settling in as well, giving Colin time to make those throws and, and open up those lanes for our guys to run in. So just a, a great team effort from all of them contributing. And then, of course, uh, when we look forward to this Friday night, you have a game with Wicksburg, another 3A region, two games. And uh, they come in 6-2 and two overall, 4-1 and one on the region. And, but you get this one at home. So, uh, first off, just talking about that, having a game this uh, this weekend coming up with a team like Wicksburg, how big is it also being to have that, that game at home? Um, well, it's homecoming, so I don't know if it's a good thing or not, to be honest <laughs> with you. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think we kind of have a turn, though, to be honest with you. Some kids we have. Um, homecoming's fun and the festivities are fun, but but we have homecoming during football season for a reason. Um, so having the kids focusing on the game uh, of what we got to do Friday night, 
Um, honestly, we don't get too caught up in home or away. We're fortunate in 3A. You know, we don't travel very far around here. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these schools have to travel two or three hours. I think that really plays against you. I think for us, um, it's not that big of a deal just because it's so close. Um, yeah. The ticket limitations this year helps where you're not going to have, you know, a monster crowd on the home side, and, and we don't have many. And I, Slogan fans, I don't know if you've ever seen Slogan fans travel. It doesn't matter. We go to a golf match, we have fans there. So uh, Slogan Faithful will be there in full force on the road. But but it's always, I mean, the, the truth is it's always better to play at home. And we're mm-hmm. excited to have a home game and just to show our local people how hard these kids have worked and, and the work they put into it. And then it just, you know, of course, we're doing, doing this conversation on a Sunday night. So it was very early in the week. But uh, just so far, what you've seen, uh, what you know of Wicksburg, uh, what kind of game are you expecting out of them uh, this Friday? And Coach Cox does a great job over there. I don't know how they do it, but Wicksburg is the biggest team in our region every year. They're huge up front. Even their skill guys are big. I mean, their skill guys are 6'2", 6'4", and over 200 pounds. So I don't know what they're drinking over there, but we need to figure it out. But they're, they're, they're huge, and Coach Cox does a great job with them. They're, they're going to run the ball right at you, um, just run downhill. And then when you put enough guys in the box try to stop it, they can, they're good enough to throw it over your head as well. So they're going to be really hard to stop for us. Uh, a defense, they got a linebacker in the middle, number two. Um, he's all over the place making plays. Um, I think he's got some colleges looking at him. Um, Kelly, I believe is his last name. He's tough. And so they're just well coached. They're going to be a disciplined team. They're going to do all the little things right. They're, they're good on special teams. I think it's going to be a really tough matchup and, and really a coin flip game. Is if, the, if Vegas is betting on it, they may, they may pass on this and call it a push. You know, and before I, I let you go, I did want to kind of ask you too, can you look at, the region you're in, 3A Region 2, I look up and down the standings here, and uh, I know that's not something you, you focus on. You're focused on Slocum. But just overall, week in and week out, I mean, how, how tough, you know, for people maybe don't know, how tough is this is this region? It's brutal, and that's what uh, I got a friend of mine that went from 2A to 3A um, and moved up and said, man, you know, 2A is good football, but 3A is just everybody. Everybody can beat you at any time, and, and there's so much – you know, there's um, more coaches out there. Not that it's better coaching, but a three is a little bit bigger school, and so you have more. You have offensive and defensive coaches, so schemes get a little bit more um, in depth. You have a few more players out there, so a lot of guys may just have one-way players. And our coaches, if you just look down the, the list of the coaches in our region, I mean, you got um, the HA coaches in the Hall of Fame. You got Kenny Keith, who went made to the semis a few years ago. He's probably one of the best coaches around here by far. Um, Coach Lett, what, what he's done already in his young career. Coach Hill at Op. Coach Cox, what he's done. I mean, it's all the way through um, of the region, just how good people are, how well people are coached. And they're going to have such a good plan. You know, in, in the old days, maybe you could you could get there and maybe just out-scheme or out-coach somebody, and it's not going to happen anymore. The resources out there and the film out there, um, you're not going to trick anybody in our region. Uh, you got to be ready to execute at a high level. And, and so I think it's important just every week to be prepared to bring your best game because you never know what's going to happen week to week. And I guess, uh, you know, finally, this is my final question. I said that was final. This is the official final question uh, here this evening. Just uh, for you, just, you know, we you know talked about your team. We talked about the upcoming matchup, talked about the region. But is there anything about your team uh, you'd like to tell the audience out there or even the community of Slocum? Man, I just love these kids. I love it. Um, they're a great group of kids. They love each other. It's fun to see how close they are. Um, they, they work so hard. They get after it. Um, you know, I tell them all the time, and I'd do it for free. I'd be around these guys for free. They're they're awesome. I'm not doing this for a paycheck. And and just I'm blessed and thankful just to be the coach at Slocum and to get to coach these boys every day. And the work they put into it, um, I couldn't be prouder. And, and so, you know, Friday night was a great time. Um, we got to shake it off and get ready for this week and focus back on the next Friday and, and see what we got to do to be successful there. 
Absolutely. And uh, Coach Tisdale, uh, as I have told you every time you come on, I always appreciate the time you come on the show to talk about your team just like on Red Tops. And I do want to say uh, congratulations on the season so far and uh, good luck this Friday against Wicksburg. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate what you guys do. All right, everybody, let me tell you about this Mini Grinder Coaches Show presented by Dothan Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Every Thursday night at 8 o'clock on 96.9 The Legend, Jerry Coleman and Ken Lambert sit down with Coach Smitty Grider, the head coach of the Dothan Wolves, to look back at the previous game and look forward to the upcoming game that Friday night. But don't worry. If you do miss the coaches show on Thursday nights on 96.9 The Legend, you can check out the podcast over on 96.9thelegend.com uploaded immediately after the show. So if you miss any of Coach's comments, you can still check out the replay over at 96.9 The Legend. Com. Now, let's get back to the Wiregrass High School Football Report. All right, thanks again to Coach Richard Tisdale for being on the show. Second time being on the podcast this year, and uh, good luck to Slocum this Friday against Wicksburg and um, th- for the rest of the season as well as they head toward the playoffs. Uh, and a lot of teams heading toward the playoffs, and so what we're going to do now, we're going to go through each region that's got Wiregrass teams, kind of give you an idea of what's going on. Look at some scores from this past week and look ahead to matchups this week as well as we are in week 10. Uh, only two weeks left in the regular season of high school football and the playoffs are about to be upon us. So yes, the regular season is about to end, but as long as there are Wiregrass teams playing, the podcast will keep going every single week. We'll start off with 7A Region 2. Dothan did lose to Central 49-13. to Dothan hit some big plays in that game early on. Thought they were kind of making some run there, stay with Central. They weren't able to do so. So Central won 49 to 13. Auburn defeated Smith Station 45 to 14. Enterprise won 39 to 6 over Jeff Davis. Was that was a Saturday game? And Enterprise clinched a playoff spot. And Prattville was off. So when you look at 7A Region Two, you pretty much know who your playoff teams are. It's Auburn Central. Prattville and Enterprise. So when Dothan Smith Station play this week, you, you could be looking at game just who's playing for fifth place in the region. Uh, you do have Auburn is playing at Enterprise. Maybe some positioning there because Enterprise and Prattville are tied uh, three and two apiece in the three four spot, which Prattville did beat Enterprise this year. So Prattville holds the tiebreaker there. And Central is off this week, so no, Central Phoenix City does not play this week. In uh, 6A Region 2, you have Eufaula. They won over Russell County last week 42-0. to zero. I think I said in the scoreboard update 45-0, to zero, but it was 42-0 to zero there, so I apologize if I made that mistake. Now, this week, Eufaula will be playing Lanier. Eufaula sits hitting right now tied at 4-2 and two with Carver. For the second spot in 6A Region 2, Opelika 6-0 in the region with the lead there. Uh, just looking behind you, following Carver there, you have Lee Montgomery at 3-2, and Park Crossing at 3-3, three and three, Valley at 2-4, which they had to forfeit this past week due to COVID reasons. Uh, but that's kind of – so you follow is looking pretty good right there, and they're playing Lanier this week, who they are 1-5 in their region in 3-5 overall. All right, so as we look at 5A Region 2 – uh, some games that were final or results from last week. Yeah, Charles Henderson winning 24-17 over Carroll, uh, which Charles Henderson, that was their first win in region play this year. They're 1-4. Uh, that dropped Carroll down to 3-2 and two in region, 3-4 and four overall. And uh, Andalusia shut out Greenville 27-0. to Rehoboth defeated Headland 
to 14. Uh, this week's matchup, Rehoboth will go out of region. They'll play Northside Methodist, who's playing really, really well uh, these last couple of weeks. So you, Rehoboth may want to watch out on that one. You'll have Carroll at Andalusia. Andalusia sits at second place at 4-1 in region. Like I said, Carroll is there 3-2. Charles Henderson will be at Headland. And then you have Pike Road at Greenville. That should be an interesting game, too, as well. Greenville's 2-3. and three, is trying to stay in that playoff hunt there in 5A Region 2. In 4A Region 2, uh, St. James defeated Ashford 41-22. Alabama Christian defeated Strawn 49-7. Uh, Bullitt County and Geneva. Geneva had to forfeit due to COVID reasons. And then Dale County defeated Booker T. Washington 61 to six in this week's matchups you have alabama christian at bullet county which bullet county is sitting there is basically right now looking there is a three-way tie for number four between bullet county and geneva which we just talked about geneva had to forfeit and then strawn all sitting there at three and three alabama christian leads the region at six and oh uh, St. James is sitting there at number two at five and one. So you have Dale County at four and two sitting at three. Of course, they are playing Strawn, which that's going to be a big game for Strawn, of course, because they are trying to stay in playoff contention too as we are hitting. And this is pretty much the last week of region play for everybody. So these, the, we will know who's going to the playoffs and where next week. There are some situations I think out there that could happen if you have so many ties and it might go to what happens in the final week, but pretty much we'll have an idea and we'll know what is going on playoff seedings and everything uh, after this week so we'll talk about all that next week on the wiregrass high school football report too all right now let's talk about 3a region 2 which that's where slocum's at of course you listen to our conversation there with slocum head coach richard tisdale they sit right now at five and zero in the region seven and one overall the results from last week of course, just talk about Slocum beat Op thirty eight to twenty seven. Whitsburg defeated Houston Academy. Whitsburg was down thirty two to thirteen going into the fourth quarter on that when they came back for the victory. Providence defeated New Broughton fifty to fifteen. And Northside Memphis, this was non region, of course, defeated Delville forty eight to fourteen. So now Op is looking at they're at second place right now at five and one, seven and two overall. Whitsburg four and one, six and two, so five and zero versus four and one when you have slocum and weisberg and coach tisdale told me a little fact off the air after we got done recording our conversation that if slocum was to win the region it'd be their first region title since 2003 and that's when they were in 2a so history could be made this friday night with slocum playing weisberg if slocum is able to win but even if they don't win it's kind of get interesting we there's some tiebreakers and everything goes in because let's say you have Slocum sitting there at five and one. Then if Op wins this week, which they are playing WS Neal, they finished obviously they finished the season five and one. They're not playing a region game. Then Whitsburg will be five and one. Interesting stuff there, but Slocum wins this week, they will be region champions. So it'd be the first time like I said there that he told me that they it was two thousand three last time that had happened for Slocum in the program, and that's when they were in two A. Uh, some other games you have Delville at Providence, Providence sitting there at two and three in fourth place in region and then you have houston academy at new brockton uh both teams are trying to close out the season with some um with some positive momentum for next year uh so that's kind of what it looks like there three a region two going into this friday all right as we continue on to a region two uh some results from past friday Ayrton defeated elba 45 to 32 so now elba's now jumped into the fourth spot in two a region two 
Cottonwood defeated Zion Chapel 44-21 for the first win of the year. And also, Cottonwood had not played for two weeks because they had had to forfeit some games last two weeks because of COVID outbreaks there at Cottonwood. So, this is their first game in two weeks, and they did win, get their first win on the season. First win for Dustin Harrison as the head coach of the Cottonwood Bears. Abbeville defeated Houston County. Of course, last week we had head coach LeBron Stewart on the show. They beat them 48 to zero, and then GW Long defeated Geneva County forty-one to seven. So GW Long is sitting there six and zero in the region. Behind them, that you have Abbeville five and one, Geneva County four and two. Then, like I said, Ayrton and Elba are tied at three and three for the fourth spot. But Ayrton has the tiebreaker because they did beat Elba. And then this week you have GW Long at Abbeville. Ayrton will be at Cottonwood. Houston County will be at Elba. And then Zion Chapel will play at Geneva County. So I would pretty much think that Elba will be big fans of Cottonwood to pull off the upset against Ayrton this Friday night to get into the playoffs. 1A Region 2 results. I had a shocking one, too. Sampson 35, Georgiana 20. Uh, Pleasant Home beat Kenson 7-0. McKenzie defeated Florala 51-38 in their Florala's undefeated season. And Brantley defeated Red Level 51-0. So Brantley is at top there at 6-0, 8-0 overall. McKenzie and Florala are tied at 5-1, but McKenzie has tiebreaker because they won head-to-head. And then Sampson sitting there at 3-3 along with Georgiana at 3-3 in the four and five spot then pleasant home kenson and red level finish out the other three spots there in 1a region one and so this week you will have georgiana at mckenzie you'll have brantley at florala we was kind of hoping you have two undefeated teams playing this late in the season but it's not happening but brantley will be at florala who has one loss you have red level at pleasant home and samson's playing at kenson keep an eye on that georgiana mckenzie game because that's big game Kenzie trying to keep hold on to the two spot. And then you also have uh, Georgiana, you know, like them and Samson battling out, trying to see who finishes with that four spot in 1A Region 1. Then finally, in AISA, A Region 1, Abbeville Christian was defeated by Crenshaw Christian 36-20 to on Friday night. Abbeville Christian does sit at 3-1 in Region 6-2 and overall. And then they will play Lakeside this week who is two and two three and five so ever christian right there uh trying to you know at least hold on to that two spot may stuff work their way maybe they could uh no they wouldn't they wouldn't because there's only six teams in that region so ever christian pretty much is trying to hold on to that two spot and a crenshaw christian academy they're four and oh five and two in region play so they pretty much you know take care of business they win that region there so that's pretty much a look and a wrap up last week in the Wiregrass. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Wiregrass High School Football Report. Do appreciate you guys listening. And once again, appreciate head coach of the Slocum Red Tops, Richard Tisdale, for coming on the podcast this week to talk about their win over Op and look ahead to this week's game with Whitsburg, which I'm sure some publications and some TV stations right here might be the game of the week. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, when those two play this Friday night. Uh, you can follow me on social media at P. Jordan SEC. You can listen to this podcast on your phone, 
via Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store. You can also find the podcast over at 969thelegend955.tvy and 106.7 KMX. Those the websites for those stations. Uh, you can find them. There is a podcast tab on all three of those sites. Just hit the tab. You'll see Wiregrass High School Football Port, and it is sitting right there. Please make sure to listen to the Smitty Grider Coaches Show this Thursday night on 96.9 Legend at 8. But if you do miss it, the podcast will be available shortly after, especially no later than that morning. Then first thing that on Friday morning, you can check it out on 96.9 Legend.com if you did miss it on Thursday night. Of course, the coach shows when Jerry Coleman and Ken Lambert sit down with Coach Grider, talk about last week's game, and look forward to the next game coming up. And uh, we have other great podcasts all over the radio people. So go just check them out. Like I said, podcast tab, plenty of shows, plenty of good stuff, plenty of good content for you guys to check out. And make sure to listen to the Dothan Wolves as they play Smith Station, the final home game of the year. It is Senior Recognition Night at Ripu Stadium. So it's going to be a big night, big night for the seniors. Uh, please give us a listen. A pregame will start at 645 and kickoff will be at 7. Of course, Jerry Coleman and Ken Lambert will give you all the great play-by-play of the game and analysis of the game. So please give them a listen. And, of course, I will be on at halftime and postgame to give you all the scores going on around the Wiregrass. Anyways, guys, I'm going to get out of here once again. hope everybody has a great week. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye.